Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Anselmi Mirshevsky Ruth and Soul podcast. Today on the AM Law podcast, we are joined by senior associate Jeffrey Peach and partner Chris Endress. I'm your host, Michael Batinger, operations director here at AM Law. We're looking forward to discussing a, a whole plethora of different topics with uh, lawyers, attorneys, staff members, really anybody, if you're involved with a law firm, we'd, we'd love to talk with you. So uh, starting off, I'm going to toss it over to Chris Andrus. Chris, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, today we have uh, the ever interesting subject of court rules and the amendment there too that the Supreme Court issued on August 10th, 2022. They, uh, administrative file number 2020-08 uh, significantly amended the court rules in a way that we've been uh, some of us have been dreading and some of us have been greatly anticipating with bated breath. So specifically, they're talking about Zoom proceedings and there is no question they are here to stay. There is now a presumption that civil proceedings will be done via Zoom. This is not going to take us back to the pre-COVID days of going to court, sitting in court, the camaraderie, and the sheer frustration a lot of us dealt with going to court in the winter during a snowstorm so what well, do we chris have? are you are you enjoying the the zoom court these days i absolutely do not enjoy zoom court <laughs> i Why's like that? Go, i like going to court i became an attorney to be in a courtroom and be before a judge and a jury uh so this takes uh, one of those away because I won't be going to court unless it's for a jury trial, it sounds like. What about you, Jeff? How, how are you thinking? Both of you guys came up, obviously, going to court. Now with these changes, uh, you're seeing Zoom more and more uh, frequently, right? Well, certainly more frequently. Um, basically, never used it a single time before the pandemic, and then all of a sudden we were sort of thrust into having to use it. I, I suppose directly to your question, uh, I agree with Chris. Uh, there was a big part of how I learned not just the courtroom aspect, but the running between floors, dropping off judges' copies, learning a judge's patterns on when they take the bench to know I got I, you know I have to go to this courtroom first instead of this other judge because she's going to be here at 10:30 instead of nine. Those are all things that you learn and it brings you part of this sort of culture, this shared thing that we're all a part of. And now, what, you sit at a desk in your office or at home, sign on Zoom five minutes before you're hearing, and then you're staring at your computer screen just reading off a script, basically, because you're not actually in the courtroom learning anything. Is it a question almost of, like, professionalism versus convenience? I don't believe so. I think it's you can still be professional via Zoom, and I think you have to be. And I think the judges make it mandatory that you have to be. But there is something to be said about putting on a suit and going to court, and uh, it, you just feel good. You feel professional. And if I just put on a suit for three minutes for a Zoom hearing, I don't feel as professional. And I feel like some of the, the attorneys who haven't had any courtroom experience lose a lot of the luster that comes with actually going to court, putting on a suit, and standing before a judge with all of your peers behind you, hearing your argument, and more likely than not, judging your argument, as well as the judge judging your argument. So it, it adds a lot to the profession, and I think the Zoom proceedings, while maybe more efficient, they take a lot away from the practice of law. 
Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, is, again, like Chris said, certainly there are plenty of Zoom hearings that you sign into where you're in a big screen with 40 other people watching. But as anybody knows, it's a lot easier to deal with the people sort of watching you when it's on, you know, it's remote or even if you're at your house, you're in a comfortable setting, you're not wearing a suit and tie and you're not actually live there feeling them looking at you, especially when it's your first one. I remember my one of my very first hearings was driving three and a half hours away from home to somewhere I'd never been to, to put a settlement on the record. I had never met the client before and their child had died in a car accident. And that was, that was my first thing that I ever went to. And here I am in a courtroom with these people live. How can you do something like that on, you know, you, you don't understand what that's like. You don't get that feeling from somebody when you're just across a computer monitor. Do you think it would have been more beneficial for you at that time in your career, though, to possibly be on Zoom and have that? Or do you feel like it was better that you were just tossed right into it? I think on that, it's better to just be tossed in. I think you have to learn. Part of this, such a big part of this job is dealing with the unexpected and the uncomfortable. I think that if you are constantly being handheld or babied into your appearances, then it's just delaying the inevitable. At some point, you got to take a bite of that apple, and you might as well just do it. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Chris? Well, uh, my first personal experience uh, with being on the record was at a trial. So that can still be achieved by any young attorney. However, that was only my third day practicing law, and it was a four-day medical malpractice trial. Whoa, whoa, whoa. your three first and a half hours away. appearance was on, say that again, because that, that sounds unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but it <laughs> happened, and uh, it was the worst week of my life. But uh, I learned I learned more than I did in three years of law school in four days because uh, I, I was alone in Alpena uh, with no Wi-Fi in the hotel, and uh, I was in trial for four days. And after the uh, on the fourth day, when the judge was walking down the stairs, she fell on her robe and shattered her shoulder. Our last witness was going to be an expert OBGYN, and the judge was yelling for us to get the expert back there so that the uh, so that the doctor could evaluate her. And when the OBGYN was called back to see the judge, uh, the OBGYN said, "I'm an OBGYN. I have no idea what to do with your shoulder." So uh, that was that was my first experience uh, practicing law. It was. Uh, traumatic to say the least i will never forget a single moment of that entire week largely because i did not sleep the entire week now did you think that maybe it would have been more beneficial if it was on zoom or you had that experience on zoom first or do you feel like it was better just to get tossed right in like jeff said well that that brings us full circle because these new rules uh provide that trials are going to still be in person so there's going to be a lot of people practicing if these rules stay in place for say the next decade there's going to be a lot of people that only get to see the inside of a courtroom when they're in front of a jury and that's daunting to say the least and i can say that from personal experience yeah absolutely so why don't we jump into uh the court rule absolutely so there was they, they created an entirely new court rule, 2408, use of video, video conferencing and tech, video conferencing technology in civil cases. Now it says um, 
A court may, at the request of any participant or sua sponte, allow the use of video conferencing technology by any participant in any civil proceeding. Then they go on to say in subsection B of 2408 that there is a presumption that almost every single type of civil proceeding shall be done uh, using some type of video conferencing technology in circuit court and district court. I have not seen video conferencing technology other, other than Zoom to this point. Um, there was a judge, there was a, a special call-in line that you used to be able to use in Oakland Circuit Court, but since the pandemic, I have not seen any court use anything but Zoom. And that presumption is for all civil proceedings, and they specifically delineate pre-trials, scheduling conferences, motions, uh, motions for discovery, motions for summary dispositions, adjournments, modifications to scheduling orders, motions in limine, post-judgment collections or discovery matters, testimonial proofs for hearings under MCR 3.210A4, motions to correct, strike, or amend pleadings, or any other motion under 2.116. The list for the district court is much smaller, but it is still all-encompassing just about everything. Pretty much anything but a trial is to be done and presumed to be done over video conferencing technology. Well, that's somewhat true. It's, it's uh, a little broader than that. It doesn't just say trials. It does say hearings and trials. It sounds like the only hearings would technically be in a civil proceeding might be an evidentiary hearing where testimony has to be uh, testimony has to be elicited and or documents have to be exchanged with either between the parties or the courts. So uh, it's, it's just about everything. Jeff, what do you think? Well, frankly, you know, that's the way a lot of us have obviously been practicing for the last couple of years in the sense that most courts were doing all of the things that Chris just listed. They were already doing them on Zoom. So I don't think, you know, sort of what we're talking about isn't so much that this is some massive shakeup of the current status quo. It's more that it's interesting uh, that this method of things, which was sought to be a temporary issue during the pandemic, is now just the way it's going to be. It's now codified. Correct. And do you think uh, this is having a positive effect, negative effect on the practice of law or how do you think it's affecting the, uh, I know it's kind of a broad question there, but how do you think it's affecting the growth maybe of the young associate who has only practiced in Zoom so far? Well, it's hurting them. I mean, no doubt about it. Look, can they get more done? Probably. You can probably, you, you could probably handle more hearings and more courts per day right now as a young associate. But what are you getting out of it when you sign on, sit in a waiting room for 20 minutes while catching up on whatever you're catching up on, you get let in, say, can we have 60 more days and then leave versus actually going down and watching, you know, uh, three other lawyers who've been doing this for 30 years argue a complex motion. And maybe, yeah, maybe it took you half a day down there, but you probably saw some really good lawyers doing their thing. And some really bad lawyers doing something that you don't want to do. It not only teaches you what to do, but what not to do. So uh, it's helpful in both aspects, and, and there's just, uh, 
you know, and it, it's probably in 20 years, uh, if Zoom is still the prevalent uh, way to proceed in civil matters, you know, we're going to sound way out of date like dinosaurs, and uh, that's just going to happen. But, you know, there's only, always going to be the good old days where you'd, you'd schluck down, schlub down to court and you'd get salt all over your shoes. I had a new pair of shoes every winter, and they would only last the winter, and I would have salt coming out of the seams because I was walking around in downtown Detroit every day. So uh, that's just how it was. And that was kind of a rite of passage because you were in court with a lot of peers at the same experience level as you. There was always some uh, experienced people there as well, but you got to see the people that you went to law school with and you get to see people that you have cases with and that you're working them. Whereas now, even in a facilitation, you would be face to face with them, but now it's either the phone or Zoom and you don't get to see them and you don't get to talk to them. So one thing I think this this revision to the court rules will do is make it a little more difficult to settle cases because you would you would be down on one matter and you would see an attorney that was on a different matter and you would have an opportunity to talk to him or her but now you don't have that opportunity uh, unless you're somehow put in the same breakout room as them which which doesn't always happen so it, it was it was more collegial it was more social as opposed to more uh, it was more personal. It was very, per it was 100% personal. And a lot of people, um, you know, just get too comfortable at home sitting on their couch, participating in hearing after hearing. Now, does this court rule leave it up to individual courts in order to change if they want to go back in person? Or is this across the board? Well, there's comments uh, to these rules as well. And, and one of them is that... Um, one of them says, as Judge Justice Viviano correctly observes, these rules make remote proceedings a default in many cases, but not a requirement for any case. However, they go on uh, just a few paragraphs later to indicate that uh, in 2021, 84% of district court judges surveyed uh, said they found the proper balance between remote and in-person proceedings under the current rule, which required remote proceedings and 90% of district court judges. So uh, it favored the use of remote seat proceedings going forward. So it, it's clear that Zoom can be more efficient, um, but there's also something that is lost. And that's with just about anything in life, you give and you get. That's a great point, Chris. I appreciate that. Can't help but notice in the survey, it's focused on district court judges, I don't see any surveys with practicing attorneys who practiced both before and after in there to see what they thought about the balance. And it's, in, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting survey in the first place where have you found a proper balance when virtually everything has just been on Zoom? Right. So it, it, it almost seems like a question that leads itself to its own answer of you've been doing everything by Zoom. How do you like that? Well, good. I get through a lot more cases every day. That's the end of it, because obviously we've just talked about for the last several minutes. There's a lot of other factors. Yeah, there's more parties involved than just one who's making it more convenient. Right. And it, it, at least one justice agreed with what we're saying, because Justice uh, Bernstein uh, did a dissent here. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said a, a majority of this court has decided to permanently adopt amendments to our court rules that were first put into place during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Although I believe these amendments make sense in the context in which they were first adopted, I have continuously expressed concerns about expanding these amendments beyond that specific scope. And so that's, that's essentially what we're talking about. And he goes on to say, while I recognize that video conferencing technology can be useful for some, especially in terms of physical accessibility, it can also present additional barriers to access for others, such as those who simply lack the resources to use video conferencing technology. So uh, if we're talking about access to the courts, yeah, the attorneys can access it quite freely, more or, le more or less, as long as your internet's working. But uh, a lot of people that are unrepresented are have much uh, more Absolutely. difficulty logging onto Zoom. They don't have the proper resources to get onto Zoom. They may not have a smartphone or a computer or a video camera that's at their disposable disposal. So it's it's severely limiting uh, a lot of people with access to the courts. Chris, I think that's a great point that not a lot of people uh, realize. Well, yeah, I mean, you see in Zoom hearings all the time, uh, especially in district court, when they'll have uh, routine criminal misdemeanor type mm -hmm. matters uh, or even collection issues where people are signing on on their phone. They have no idea how anything works. They just start talking in open court and they get muted. Or then when it is their time to talk, you can tell that when it's echoey, the judge can't hear them, that instead of being taken probably as seriously as they would be standing live in person to explain their problem like a normal human being does in an interaction, it's much easier to just kind of write that off as, oh, well, this person's phone is annoying. Uh, let's get done with this hearing as quick as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's also a restriction too, because what if you're in the middle of a critical hearing and your internet goes out or your camera shuts off? Uh, technical difficulties arise quite frequently, and anybody that's practiced in these virtual courtrooms knows that. You'll see somebody phase in and out. It happens all the time in depositions as well. There's something to be said about the, the uh, ability to simply talk person to person without having a digital medium send that send your voice to somebody else because you don't know what's coming out on the other end. When you're in a courtroom, you can hear your own voice reverberating off of the walls. You can hear how you're sounding to the judge as opposed to whether you're sounding tinny over their speakers or you're sounding too loud over their speakers. There's something to be said for all of that. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, we're talking about that digital media, not this digital medium, which we are glad to have you participating uh, within. Well, if nobody can hear me, you can always email me and let me know, <laughs> and I'll get back to you when I read your email. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you what, Chris, I wanted to congratulate you on being named uh, a super lawyer uh, yet again. I think it's the fifth or sixth uh, year in a row. Uh, my, I'm running out of room in my closet for the capes, so <laughs> I hope it stops someday. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, I guess in conclusion, what, what's the solution then if it's is it, you know, just a hybrid model? Some things are on Zoom, some things are in person. Uh, how uh, well, just like everything in life, there's no clear-cut solution. We take what we're given and we do the best that we can with it. We didn't draft the court rules. I'm not on the Supreme Court. Uh, but, you know, as, as with all judges, I will respect whatever orders uh, they come down with. Absolutely. Jeff, what do you think? Completely agree, and I, all I can say is that young associates should probably look to those in-person hearings as valuable nuggets of opportunity, both for uh, the learning aspect and their uh, uh, 
you know, potential to join that sort of group. Of yeah, the professional development that have done it before that have walked in the cold, like Chris said, and had their hands full of files that were really heavy while it's 20 degrees outside and snowing in your face. And you're trying to figure out uh, what you're about to say in this really important motion hearing that you're about to have while you're freezing, walking into the courtroom, dropping your files on the ground. And I don't know too many attorneys that practice a lot in Wayne County that have not walked out of that wind tunnel with their tie to their back, papers flying around, and frostbite just nipping you on the nose. And, it, and that's a great feeling that I hopefully will never have again. It builds character, right? As does everything, Absolutely. including podcasts. Yeah, well, we're glad to have both. I, I'm sincerely happy that both of you guys uh, are decided to join uh, on our inaugural episode. Pardon me. Uh, you're going to be able to find us online at a-mlaw.com. Uh, the podcast will be hosted there as well as Spotify, uh, iTunes, hopefully on YouTube once we get our video up and running yet again. Uh, Chris, Jeff, any final parting words of wisdom? No, I appreciate you all listening. And, and uh, like I said, if you need anything, just give us a call. Couldn't have said it better myself. Fantastic. Thank you. You can so try. <laughs> Won't happen. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a great day. Thanks.